How's it, internet? And welcome to Two Guys in SharePoint. The only SharePoint show in South Africa where everything is not made up and there are no points. Good evening, Al. How's it, Mr. Modlin? I'm doing well, Brew. Lacker, lacker. It's been a busy time, eh? seems to be always busy when we talk. It is. Uh, well, we're in the industry for busy, hey? It's exciting times for for Microsoft and for the consulting services. It's ridiculous times, actually. I don't know how people can keep up, and it's going to be a common theme throughout the year, I reckon, where we say the same thing after saying, how's it, internet? Yeah, and I know one way that guys can keep up, and if you're listening to this podcast, you're using it. So congratulations for... Saving it, but well done. A round, a round of applause to everyone that listens to our podcast. Nice, cool. Uh, we've got a very cool guest on this week. We invited Paul Keys, a senior SharePoint fellow, I suppose I'd call him, to come have a chat with us. Yeah, he's a veteran, eh? He's a veteran. I mean, if we, when we listen to his story, it just goes to show uh, the depth that he has in the space. Yeah, it's very cool. So let's cut right over to Paul. Welcome, Paul. Welcome to the Two Guys in SharePoint podcast. Thank hey, you for joining us. Hey guys, nice to be here. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a while now um, to get you on the show. I think it's about three months now. At least. But I think we've all been busy. I know I know you've been busy. You've been running around doing stuff. Yeah, I've been on site at a client for the last oh, 18 months or so. So I uh, haven't got around to much of the community stuff lately. Yeah, but you are now part of the bigger Office 365. That's right, yeah. So recently he was asked to uh, join the, the, the team or oh. the, the leads. Um, yes. It was my first event last night, so yeah, okay. I went off without a, went off without a, a problem, so, so all good. So unlike Rod's introduction, can we just get to know who you are? You said Paul. Is it, probably, is it Paul McCartney? Is it, uh, what is it? A little bit I of would background. love to have Paul McCartney on this podcast. <laughs> So yeah, so I'm I'm Paul Keys. Um, sort of fell into SharePoint like I think most of us did back in 2003. Um, I don't think he was born then. <laughs> I'm not that young, man. So so yeah, so fell into SharePoint about 2003, actually via uh, EPM um, deployments. Okay. Was EPM around back then? Yeah, it was Project Server 2003, uh, oh, wow. Project Central before then. Oh, that's like what was that? Um, it was a plugin. Was it content management server for SharePoint? That's right. That was just be well just before that. And it was then, WCS two or something. It was a site server. SharePoint right? team yeah. services. Yes, 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 yes. So, so yeah, so so sort of fell into it, and I was working for a, a project management consulting company at the moment called Expert. They're now called All About Expert, and uh, okay. we had our own uh, project management toolkit and uh, took the decision to port it from sort of a traditional .NET uh, solution to SharePoint because we saw the added benefits, obviously, with the, the document management uh, capabilities and collaboration around do documents. So, um, so yeah, so that's sort of where it all began. And um, I've, for my sins, I'm still, still in SharePoint. Um, I've, uh, I've been lucky enough to work uh, for six years in London at Continent Code, which is... Uh, one of the biggest or sort of best known uh, SharePoint houses in, in Europe. They've uh, won Worldwide Partner of the Year a number of times and Country Partner of the Year pretty much most of the time. Um, and yeah, since then, came back in 2015, came back to, to sunny South Africa and um, yeah, joined, joined Carabina and the rest is history, really. All stations go from then on. Maybe, Paul, can you give us a breakdown since you've spent... You spent so long working in Europe in this industry. Can you maybe give us a, a, a description of 
what the differences are and, and maybe what's the same between how they do it over there and, and how we approach it over here? Yeah, I think firstly, it's important uh, to know that in terms of uh, our capabilities, the skills in South Africa, we are right up there. Uh, I mean, some of the some of the things I've seen produced or have been produced by colleagues and and uh, and I've, that I've seen produced at, at community events um, is on par with 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 the rest of the world. Um, so we're not sure, we're not sort of lacking talent at all. I think we're lacking a, a depth of talent. Um, trying to find. Trying to find sort of staff members is a, is a difficult thing. But in terms of the skill levels, we've, we're certainly right up there. That's really good to know. Nice to know that all the hard work we're all putting in is, is paying off in, in that regard. Yeah, no, certainly. I think I think the, the one of the big differences I did find was, um, and I found it diff- difficult moving from South Africa to, to, to Europe. Uh, I, I was used to using SharePoint as a as an application platform, sort of building applications and, and workflows and, and all these sort of things. And then got to Europe and I sort of was it was sort of squashed out of me to, to, to a certain extent. Because SharePoint is an enterprise content management platform. And um, I think to, to a certain degree, and that's changing, I've seen, I've noticed over the last sort of 18, 18 12 to 18 months, people are starting to recognize, in South Africa at least, that... Um, we shouldn't be using this as a relational database. We shouldn't have lookups and uh, multiple lookups and lists and uh, spider webs of applications. It's a content management system, and I think that's that's we are heading towards that way. But that was the big big difference that I struggled initially. These sort of massively complex uh, workflows that shouldn't necessarily that actually shouldn't be anywhere near SharePoint. Um, and um, but but that's certainly changing. I think that's that's the only real sort of obvious differences that I've noticed. Um, that was a, one of the big messages out of the tech summit that we pulled out in last week's episode was Microsoft positioning SharePoint very much as the part of the 0365 suite that does the content management. Exactly. And that's what it does and that's what it's good at and that, that's what they want us to stick to. Yeah, I don't bastardize it into Strangely enough, I'm actually, I was part of a project now where that was exactly the thing. Here's some new text, here's some forms, here's some workflow. Oh, by the way, there are multiple lookups and camel queries to get master data somewhere. Yeah, it just gets messy and, and it always ends up breaking. So, um, so I'm trying to extract XML out of a column that's storing XML to pass it. <laughs> and it didn't like me at all. Uh, I had a mate of mine that, that worked for Microsoft in the UK. Hmm. He came back probably about a year before you did okay. and he was talking about the size of companies that to deal with compared to South Africa because of it being jumping on a plane going to Europe and doing something there and you've got 30, 40, 50,000 users instead of three, four, five thousand users yeah so definitely the scale of the projects is, is, is massive my biggest uh, the biggest project I worked on was 140,000 seats <laughs> um, that's that's a bit more than I've ever had to deal with. Uh, that's what Zoom dollars <laughs> Yeah, so that's, I mean, the scale of the project is, is far bigger, but the nature of the project is still the same. You're still okay. trying to uh, implement good information architecture practices and, and good intranets that, uh, that are person-centric and people, or people-centric. And, easy, and user, user experience is a key thing as well there, by the way. Um, so they actually had teams of you uh, in, in our company we had uh, teams of user experience consultants that went in before the SharePoint consultants that went in before the SharePoint architects so this processes methodologies scale, the scale of the projects 
I was lucky I spent a lot of time in the States as well, you know, some of the, off, you know, we're talking international yeah. companies, pharmaceutical companies. But yeah, it was, it was, I learned, you have to learn, you get thrown very squarely in the deep end. Um, and I think I took a lot out of it and I'm, yeah, hopefully bringing some of those practices to, to, to South Africa as well. Just on that, uh, around the engagement models that we used in, in Europe and in, in the US, do you find that from an adoption perspective, they were more mature? to being exposed to the technology compared to South African marketers? Well, I've certainly noticed in the re- in recent times, and I say recent, I mean in the last year in South Africa, there's been a far more, fo- far more focused on user adoption and change management. Uh, now, that wasn't always there when the no, moment I set, no. set foot in, in, in the UK either, for oh. that matter. But it was certainly it, it became popular in the last, in my last sort of final three or four years. I was seeing companies actually dedicating 40-50% of the entire project budget just to change management and user adoption. Um, and those are the projects that were the most successful, obviously, because yeah. people were getting trained up properly, they were seeing what's in it for me, and uh, there was real buy-in from, from the general staff. So uh, it's, I guess it's another uh, another aspect, which brings me to another aspect in terms of differences, was, um, was the requirements gathering stages of projects. Uh, we would always go hit it at, at the staff level rather than management level. Mm. Whereas in South Africa, it almost seems, and I, and I hate to generalize, but in a lot of cases, uh, you know, the managers want to make decisions mm. and um, where while staff members are the actual ones using these systems and are the ones that are most affected by these solutions you put in. Uh, I suppose, do you really think it's, it's the difference between Europe and South Africa? I always gauge, I'd say, well, okay, we two years behind the curve which is Australia, and Australia is about a year behind Europe and, and the US. Do you think that there's really that level of disparity? Uh, I agree with you completely on managers coming in or they don't understand that they need to actually send um, one of the employees or a subject matter expert from their team to actually articulate their requirements correctly to, to a consultant who then has to unpack it and, and look at how to build um, all of these things. Yeah, I mean, there were there were times actually in the UK where we where we would actually banish management from from okay. requirements gathering sessions and so and have separate get, uh, set, uh, workshops with with uh, with the management to the staff and then you could basically then you could ultimately when you play back you say okay you told us that you need um, iPads as an example but uh, when looking at the demographics of your company actually only two percent of your of your company mm-hmm. use iPads so do you and want they're to, all in management and they're all in management yeah. always. And do you really want to spend an extra hundred thousand pounds on this project to satisfy two percent of the of of the overall uh, sort of user base? Yeah, we've seen some of that. Yeah, so, and, and that happens. Still happens a lot. I mean, so sometimes sometimes it's a case of yes, we want you to we want to spend that hundred thousand pounds for two percent, and you do that. But yeah. as long as they know and are aware of where their money is being spent. I don't know how involved you were that side in in, in sort of the sales, but that, that sort of upfront investment in scoping and change management, because getting to talk to all the users actually going to be using it is great for that change management because they feel invested, right? That sort of upfront cost is something that here I've found most companies are quite resistant to. They don't want to spend a prolonged period of time really deciding what it is they need. They'd rather just jump right into it. So what we had actually the sales process or the or the methodology uh, we employed was uh, it was very simple it was four stages um, it was scoping planning build and transition um, scoping being and and there would be budgets for each one of those 
each one of those phases, basically. Yeah. Scoping, we would go in and say, look, we'll spend uh, three weeks or four weeks here on site. Um, that's all you're obligated to spend. We're going to go and come and assess all your business requirements, your business needs, your business issues, and uh, we're going to come back to you with a, a proposal. So they would upfront pay for the for the for that sort of scoping, and then decide at that point, okay, to have X or A B C D E F G uh, products, I'm going to need this much money. But really, what I want, you know, I don't I mean, have that a budget. Subset of that. Let's start with. Let's just do the following three products, and then and then maybe go to a phase two of the project. So it, it really worked well because you know before you start building you you know exactly what you're going to build you've already done uh, uh, not exactly but you've got a you've got a very good idea of the scale of the project i think in south africa mainly in cape town i've seen a lot in cape town analysis paralysis they send in a process re-engineering company and they spend six months physically sitting there with an office three people and it costs a retail company uh, two million rand to do that and then they've spent so much money on it and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Because they go, here's the output and we can't spend any more money. So the technical side gets squashed. Says, well, we spent two bar here. We've only got 300,000 to build some of that. Um, what can you give us? And then people have been complaining about it. We spent six months on it. I mean, I've done BA work um, on projects in KZN. Four months at, at one company, three months at the other one. And you split out the stock, which no one ever reads. So actually, you've come to uh, quite an important thing. At least Rod and I have been speaking about this um, quite a lot as well. And I know know, um, it's one of my pains is is the the, the months and months and months of documentation and requirements analysis. And and, and then you split out this sort of 500-page document. We actually produced a, a, a... PowerPoint presentation, slide deck, that we call the solution overview, which was a sort of a thousand foot view of of, the, of what the solution was, which included obviously a roadmap and, and key sort of areas, maybe one would be search, one would be uh, ECM, one would be collaboration or, or whatever, whatever we discovered during those sort of four to six weeks sort of um, scoping scoping investigations and we produce literally a powerpoint presentation and because you know the execs are going to then look at it because you actually present it back to the to the the execs and that's when they do a a go a a go or no go and you're going to build and when during the build phase we would produce what we call product specs okay and again it's a lot documentation it's a picture of a it's a wireframe it's maybe the color palette that you're gonna that you're gonna use to paint the to paint the site, uh, and a description of the web parts in, inside there, and maybe uh, once and 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 that's all the all the business needs to see as yeah. well. That's all they're interested in seeing. Yeah. What does our what is the, the no, business issue? Stuff. What's the uh, what's it sort of gonna look like the, the wireframe? And how's um, it gonna help us solve that? How's issue? it gonna help us solve that issue? And um, and then post that we just add a technical appendix. So what content types? What site columns? What uh, scripts we used, etc., 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 and so the business, so those get churned out far quicker and and can get signed off far quicker as well. So you're not spending months and months and months in documentation, and um, and then delivering nothing, and you deliver those product specs just like you do your builds in uh, in sprints. So for for sprint one, you'd have you'd have a certain number of product specs, those products that you uh, that you're outputting, and. Uh, in sprint one, while the while the dev team's busy uh, busy churning out those products, your consultants can go and or BAs can go and produce uh, sprint 
2's product specs and get those signed off before Sprint 2 starts. Um, which I found it was it just kept really good momentum to the project. Um, and the best part is the client sees value very early. Yeah, because you did tangible. Yeah. I look two weeks later. There's something tangible. I can touch it. Exactly. I see it. Was cloud a thing back in the UK? Absolutely, yeah. So in the last sort of three, four years of my, uh, my time there, I think I had one on-prem client. Wow. That's um, huge. So the majority of my but clients... private cloud or Office 365? Office 365. Yeah. Office 365 was a great thing. We got around it. <laughs> we, had, we had the likes of Chris O'Brien and, and Co. As, okay. as part of our development okay. team. So, so the guys... It was, called, it was called BPOS back then. No, it was before BPOS. Uh, after BPOS. After BPOS. Uh, when was it? It was 2012 that Office 365 okay. oh, came out. Long ago. That's yeah. right. Yeah, no. So we, we as a company moved on to, uh, onto Office 365 on day one. Um, and it sort of went full cloud. Um, from the moment it was available. Eating your own dog food. Yeah, and I think it's important for partners to do that, to be honest. Um, you know, if you're going to be selling things onto clients and, and, uh, and preaching the good, the good word, the good SharePoint word, um, you need to be leading by that example. I mean, we, had, we were talking yesterday about a friend of mine, Tracy. Tracy's one of their clients had this Teams versus Groups questions, ton of questions. And it's interesting to note that we look at it all day, but we never get to the nitty-gritty side. It's like camel queries versus a normal query on a query list action in Nintex. Sure. It's the same thing. You you know about it, you don't really think about it, and you go, no, I can query a list, and then you drop that little action, and you go, shit, it's actually sitting at the top level side. I need to use a camel query, and then things get, get hairy. But it's, it's the same for us. We... Dog fooding perfect because you get to know about the technology that you're working with intrinsically because you're working with it every day. It's like our conversation today was, uh, we've got really cool show notes um, for this week's podcast. And then you start looking at show notes over the last 20 episodes and you go, we've actually got great information stored. Um, and we finally realize, well, this podcast is not just for people or for people to listen to you. But the value for us as, as presenters is that we get to learn shit we would have never looked at because we have to look at it on a weekly basis, <laughs> which is very cool. Yeah. So cloud was a big thing. Cloud was huge. I mean, even, uh, you know, the backs were a bit slow to, yeah. slow to take on, as you can understand. Um, there were obviously public sector or government, as we call it here in South Africa. Public sector is very slow because they've got compliance, uh, compliance issues about data offshore. Now, even though the data is sitting in Ireland, it's a different country, so, um, so a lot of the public sectors just could not go cloud. Yeah. Cloud. But that's Europe, though. I mean, they dropped their data center when I searched it. Where did they drop it somewhere? The latest one. I, I can't keep up with it. Was, it was the, last week or the week before. Because yeah. I know there were two trains of thought. UK guys are great. Europe was going, depending on where you were, oh, no, we're not going to the cloud because that's data sovereignty bullshit, even though it was sitting in, in Ireland. Yeah, and actually, I haven't really kept up to, uh, kept up to date on, on the, the, the where regulations. The and I think what it was in Germany. Germany, Germany got a data center. But I'm sure it must be quite interesting now with uh, with Brexit, um, because they're going to have to drop more. Ireland's part of yeah. the EU, so what are they going to do now? Well, the whole Brexit thing was interesting. It's it's still something to laugh at uh, where South Africans can appoint at every single country outside of South Africa and laugh and tell them that we're on the ass end of I experience that. You are a couple of just days starting, in. just starting, <laughs> and the shit's just rolling, man. It's great. 
So current initiatives, um, what are you working on? Any exciting things coming Yeah, through? absolutely. So as I said, I've been on site at, at uh, Omnia uh, for the last sort of 18 months. Yeah, and it's a, it's a very cool project and it's very cutting edge. Well, to me, you know, it's, it's we one productivity partner of the year for, for, for Omnia specifically. So um, it's been one of those projects that I've, uh, one of the few projects that I've been there to see from inception to to where these where these solutions that we built are actually being used because normally as consultants i'm sure you've seen the same thing you build deliver the project yeah, and you go into the next one um it's been really interesting and really sort of uh woken me up or opened up my eyes a bit as to uh, i think mess we leave behind is the wrong term but i mean the uh, the solution we leave behind you know not How all of them and breeds in the wild absolutely not not all of them uh, um take off um a lot of them most of them do and most of them have but you know that journey has been been a lot of fun and a lot of been very interesting to watch um there's been a strong strong uh, push on, on the change management and user adoption side of things in fact we've got two change managers full-time there okay uh the the sharepoint team is we've got four four team members now and then as part of the, the entire sort of digital transformation project that omnia is oh, oh, that's oh, a very interesting way through everyone talks about digital transformation yeah so yeah. they're basically moving everything over to microsoft from the erp getting microsoft AIDS, oh, that's, a, that's a youtube list crm obviously sharepoint or office 365 productivity suite um yeah microsoft needs to pick a pick a term for for, for that bit of office 365 absolutely still still often get get referred to as the sharepoint team which i'm trying to change to the productivity, productivity. team um because you know we're rolling out things like teams and and, and yammer yammer's been quite good there oh. actually um now yammer's going to be cool again this yeah, at, I think it's, at Omnia, it was always cool. <laughs> so yeah, so um, I, I think Yammer's a Yammer's a tricky one now because Yammer, uh, uh, Content Co, we pushed it really hard, and I was a big, uh, hate to use the cheesy term, Yampian. Um, uh, that's <laughs> the second time today that I've seen that word used. <laughs> but I really, really believe it because I saw actively yeah. it, it worked. I mean, we used it internally. We we created external networks for our clients. Uh, and we rolled it out to clients and um, and successfully, and, and I think the the key thing there is the is the adoption piece, the getting people aware and the drive and the um, work, uh, the road shows and all of those sort of things to to get everyone seeing the benefits rather than just thinking of it as uh, Facebook for the workplace or Twitter for the workplace, which is not well, which it is not. If you are chatting to somebody who's looking to get into the SharePoint productivity 0365 space. Maybe they have a little bit of a tertiary education, nothing sort of uh, very specific. What avenues would you suggest they explore to to get into the industry? Sure, that's a tough question, actually. I mean, it depends on what sort of role they were trying to go for. If they were a dev, I'd be saying absolutely work, focus on the web, web dev uh, technologies, your client-side scripts, your JavaScripts, your, uh, and, and so forth. Um, we all know that that's that's the way SharePoint's gone or is going. But focus on 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 focus on those sort of front end front end coding and scripting. Do do you think that's where the the biggest dearth of talent we're currently facing is 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 those sort of no. heavy dev guys? What we need is is information management professionals, information architects, guys guys that understand how information works, information information life cycles. The guys that are guys need to look up. The Poppy Act, research the Poppy Act, research the AIM, A W I M, and 
really focus on re records management, information management. There's a lack of talent, uh, I believe, in not only South Africa but worldwide in that area, um, and it's something that we, we as professionals, need to need to recognise ourselves and, and better ourselves. I'm a bit of a information architecture geek, um, so I do I do read do read all the latest posts and blogs and and all the rest on on AIM and and listen to follow certain people on on Twitter and, and so forth. But that's certainly where I would go if SharePoint specifically was what you what you're interested in. But if you're interested in Office three six five, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to research a number of, of principles: Pick messaging, uh, unified comms. Uh, you're gonna have to learn about sort of inter enterprise social uh, collaboration. So um, you think maybe maybe it's a plan to to pick an area you're particularly passionate about and go after that? I, th I, I think it's it's good to know a little bit of everything. But pick something that you specifically that you that you're passionate about that you find interesting. For me, it's uh, information management and, and the collaboration space. So, and and sort of collaboration stroke um, collaboration stroke enterprise social. So your teams, groups, uh, Yammer, and the SharePoint side of things is my is my sort of specialities, and those are my sort of passions. So, those are the pieces that I'm focused on. But Office 365 is broad. I mean, there's Planner now, there's uh, Staff VR, Hub, Staff there's Power VR, there's... Power Apps, Yeah. And it's only get worse, that the yeah. companion app ecosystem is where Microsoft's driving because millennials like apps. Yep. So, so yeah, so pick your poison um, and stick with it, really. Awesome. Paul, thanks for that. For coming into the show, how do people get hold of you on the, on the interwebs? So I'm on on Twitter, Paul underscore ZA. Um, even in London, I stuck with my ZA status. That's a great uh, That's Twitter handle. Like you don't give that up if you manage no, to snag it's like that. A, it's like a four-digit number plate. Yeah, <laughs> and under and in by email, Paul underscore ZA at outlook.com. Blog, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, blog, PaulKeys.net, although admittedly my last post was quite some time ago. Um, and guys can look you up at the 0365 Community Night. Yeah, so the Office 365 Community or Community Group, you can find us on uh, on meetup.com. Uh, so yeah, please, please do join us. It's, it's good fun, good yeah, very meetup topics. Is Microsoft's official community management tool for these types of communities. Yeah, we're looking forward to... Uh, you guys driving the Office 365 stuff. But also, that's once again the distinction. So, what do you go to see when you go to Office 365, which is more dicky than the. Yeah, so the Office 365, there's, there's obviously, with the suite of products, it's quite a lot bigger. I mean, you've got um, than just SharePoint. So, as an example, yesterday we had Gareth Ireland from, uh, from Microsoft speaking all things uh, Skype for Business. Mm. He's a, uh, an MCM, yeah. as you guys might know. So, uh, I'm, I'm certainly getting exposed to new technologies and learning new things there. Yeah, those things are awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Paul. It's yeah. great having you on. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, mate. All right. Cheers. Sweet. That was a fun interview. Yeah, it was good catching up with Paul. Uh, always good to listen to his stories about where he's been in the world and where he gets his experience from. Yeah, it's, it's important stuff for us to sort of keep that keep all that sort of stuff in mind. And it's, it's nice to know the technical skills we have available here are top-notch. Damn straight on that. So I guess we're jumping straight into the in the news. So I just love saying that. It comes across very nicely. <laughs> All right, so let's start with it at the top. You wanna you wanna hit the first one, Modlin? Yeah, MS Ignite is going on as we speak. Yeah, the one in Australia. It's the first 
big show for Microsoft this year. I mean, they do the smaller tech summits that we've both um, attended, but this is the first big one. Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure how much new news will come out of it, but uh, I definitely think that it's, it's, it's worth catching up. So for those who want to follow um, the Ignite show in Australia, I know for South Africans following anything that Aussies do uh, doesn't go down well with us. But, I mean, give the guys a chance. Uh, they do have the most dangerous country in the world when it comes to spiders and every other type of animal. But, um, yeah, they and it's three-quarters arid desert, but they seem to make a way of doing things there, so we should follow suit. So, yes, you can grab them on Twitter. Uh, it's always good to follow the streams there. You get a decent amount of interesting conversation starting there, and you can hashtag MS. AU Ignite. So Microsoft Australia Ignite. MSAU Ignite. And you can follow the trends on Twitter as to what's happening there. Yeah. And they also are streaming on Channel 9. So if you yes. guys go to channel9.msdn.com forward slash events forward slash ignite forward slash Australia dash 2017, you can pick those up there. Uh, this, I'm not too sure if they're going to bring out a partial script for... I know last year they had a partial script to download all the event content because they typically record all of them. And you can download the videos or just download the slides. I know last year, uh, a mate of mine, Vlad Katranescu, uh, who's been on the show before, uh, if you head over to his Absolute SharePoint uh, site, you can actually grab last year's partial script for all the Ignite sessions. Just bearing in mind that it is rather large if you're going to download video, so expect it, and you can actually change that. Yeah, but there is a ton of content there. Even if you're uh, doing it in low res, um, yeah. it'll be a it's chunk. 500 gigs, yeah. 500 yeah. gigs low res. One yeah. terabyte high res. <laughs> nice. And uh, speaking of conferences, Nintex is also busy doing the conference thing. They've got InspireX happening in New Orleans. Yeah, I think it's come to an end uh, tomorrow, I think. I'm not too sure. It might be over. It has come to an end tomorrow. Yes, entirely possible. <laughs> There's lots of awesome announcements coming through. It's only the second Nintex-specific event of its kind. And uh, I'm super excited. I actually spoke to uh, Stefan Gus, who looks after, is the territory manager for MEA. And the news information that, they'll be, that they've obviously publicized at InspireX it's funny that Microsoft changed uh, the WPC conference to Microsoft Inspire, um, which is happening, uh, I think, like July, August, in not Orlando, I think it's in Atlanta. Or oh, is it Washington? I can't remember where. But Somewhere or other. Yeah, but you can grab all the new stuff up. We, we've got a technical airlift coming soon from Nintex in South Africa to take us through the new products. There's a, a ton of new products. We must get them on to, to give us a talk. I've been doing a bunch of projects recently with Nintex, and it'd be good to pick their brains as to what's coming up and where it's going. There's a rumor that there's a project something for the new forms engine. That would be cool. I have issues with the Nintex form engine. So There's a new one coming. That sounds exciting. So they, have they have listened. Also, um, speaking about Nintex, we'll be launching the official Nintex community in South Africa probably in the middle of March. So there'll be quarterly roundtables. There'll be a blog uh, specifically for South Africa. There'll be some video content that we'll be publishing as well. So the same people that bring you the information worker community, uh, we'll be bringing you Nintex for noobs. Very cool. And speaking of the information worker community, you've got a new IW site coming up soon. 
we've got an entirely new program that's coming up. Um, we've been working really hard over the last month and a half to get the right content in, uh, the right program structure, uh, the way for people to communicate two ways with us. And we are launching on the 24th of Feb. Uh, we would have launched the 14th of Feb, but uh, we, we missed the deadlines because everyone wanted to add a whole bunch of new content. So I, I pushed out the, the, the date to make sure that we get the right information to the right people at the right time. So expect a mailer sometime next week from the Information Worker community uh, to relaunch the new site and all of those things. Cool. And if people aren't on that mailing list, where can they get hold of? Uh, where can they get hold of it to? Well, just uh, open up your browser and go to www.informationworker.org or they can ping you or me on Twitter, I suppose. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah that's the community stuff out of the way. We're going to run straight into the Microsoft news because as happens all the time now, uh, there is a bunch of Microsoft news. They've been busy again. Funnily enough, uh, last week we were talking about Power BI and the lack of SharePoint support for Power BI. And people have been crying about it. And a day after we published our podcast, Microsoft releases a Power BI web part for SharePoint Online. They must be listening to us. Clearly sees that way. It was very strange though. But, but there's a lot of confusion around Microsoft licensing when it comes to Power BI, what's freemium, what's not freemium. So to clarify, if you're on an E1 or an E3, you still have to pay an extra $9.99 American cents for the Power BI web part, for the plugin for SharePoint Online. You still have to pay that. If you're on an E5, it's free. But E1 and E3, it's not free. You do get the freemium version of Power BI, but it doesn't include the very much like... Web part, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people are complaining about it, but I'm going, well, you could get rudimentary BI, well, not even BI with uh, SharePoint standard. And if you bought an enterprise cull, you'd get full-blown SharePoint. With, I think in the old days, there used to be a charting web part that didn't ship with SharePoint standard that only shipped to SharePoint Enterprise. Yeah, same that, like that a faulting web part. Yeah. yeah, It's the same thing. If you wanted BI, you'd have to A, go get an enterprise call for SharePoint. Two, you'd have to buy an enterprise version of SQL. Yeah. So the guys that are complaining about the extra $10, uh, really boys, go look at your previous licensing model and then come cry because what you're paying for right now is much cheaper than what you paid for when SharePoint was still on-prem. Yeah, and that, that they really are trying to push that E5 skew. It's got a lot of cool stuff on it. It's got all the My Analytics um, and all that intelligence work in it, which is oh. super, super cool stuff. Very important yeah, to the platform, actually, I think, actually. We, we had a conversation today with a customer about that. And you don't get any of the um, data management stuff um, around security and the OMS and the EMS and the... MDM, and when I say MDM, I'm talking about mobile device management, not master data management. It doesn't ship with an E1 or an E5, uh, E3 SKU. So there's a huge benefit. Uh, problem is when people hear the word Office 365, they think of Office. Yeah, um, that's, that's why we're around, to Clarify. tell them all the things they can get. Now, speaking of Office 365, there's some more stuff coming from Microsoft on that. Rod, uh, I hope you've read the show notes. <laughs> I have. Um, there's a new roadmap site for 0365. You can get it at products.office.com forward slash language, probably en-us, forward slash business, forward slash office-365-roadmap. dash 365 So that, that'll give you the, the whole breakdown of what has, been uh, what has been launched recently, what they're busy rolling out, what they've got in development, 
which have been cancelled if you were hoping for them, and then the, the backlog of what has already previously been released. I'm really glad that Microsoft's gone down this way because it's moved twice before. I mean, at one stage it was under the fast track site, and now they've actually got a decent roadmap. The trick is, uh, if you want to follow these things, go to blogs.office.com. The information that they churn out there is invaluable. And it's a one-stop shop to find out everything you need to know, not just about Office, but Office 365-related information. Very cool. What have they been up to recently? What new updates do we have? Well, there's some really cool stuff coming in in the data security side. Um, There's two preview tools that have been released. And I don't know if anyone's actually looked at the Office 365 Secure Store, Score, not Secure Store, (laughs) Secure Store, Secure Store, Secure Score. (laughs) It's always a big question. And it actually came out, I think they launched it October last year. So when you deploy Office 365, not in the way we deploy Office 365 with uh, SharePoint Online, but, but when you spin up a tenant, one of the things that you can do is actually go and look at the security side. So when you're configuring your... Um, UPNs for exchange and all of those things, once it's done and it's dropped and you're about to move your mailboxes, you can actually run a really, really cool analytics tool against your environment. And what that allows you to do is to get an official score from Microsoft when it comes to how secure your content is and how secure your information is, not just specifically to ship it online, but right across the tool set that you might be using. And there's an actual remediation plan that ships with it as well. So let's say you get 328 as a score. You might find that there's malware here and there's some stuff there and there's some ports that you could consider closing and what you should look at when it comes to security alerts. It's an amazing portal to give you all this information around how secure your Office 365 deployment is. That is super awesome. Nice to leverage off Microsoft's experience in the space and be able to get it as just this a, a, as a tool that you can just run off an environment rather than having to get a security expert in to come do a full audit. Although that's probably valuable too. It's, it's definitely valuable. I, I think it's more around articulation than configuration nowadays when you move to the cloud. Getting someone in that can uh, effectively articulate what issues you're having with your environment than having some IT guy sit in the corner that used to patch network points look at the secure store and not know what to do with it. Secure score. That's (laughs) not going to cause problems at all. uh, Not at all. (laughs) The other one, which is in private preview, is the Office 365 Threat Intelligence Gateway. Okay. So what does this do? What's nice about this is, you must remember, you're not the only tenant in Office 365 in that space. Remember, it's multi-tenancy and there's a gazillion clients on it. So what Microsoft has done, they've leveraged the billions of data points from the Microsoft Intelligence Security Graph. So what they've seen across the world, and they provide you actionable insights to the global threat landscape. So think about it realistically. Someone releases a Trojan or some sort of malware in Eastern Europe. That's pretty much where it all stems from. (laughs) The Kremlin. And you get to leverage of Microsoft's expertise in mapping that trend and get that intelligent information provided to you before it actually hits our continent. That's super awesome. Nice to be able to get ahead of that curve rather than as we usually do playing complete catch up to to threats. Yeah, it's very cool the way they articulate it and provide us with that information. Nice. But that's not the end of the... Of the rabbit hole. Of the rabbit hole, no. So 
the next one, which is actually in public preview, limited public preview. So if you head over to blogs.office.com, you'll actually see these three updates on the landing page. Well, if you head over there now, there might be new information there. But you can actually go and subscribe to this and fill in a form. And what it does is it's the Office 365 Advanced Data Governance Preview um, portal. So data governance, difficult thing. A lot of people are going, well, we've got the security and compliance center in it that cross-pollinates from, okay, so this is a attachment that I've put into um, Outlook and I'm not allowed to send it and all of those things all the way through to policy management inside of SharePoint Online. And this helps customers to mitigate risk should they be compromised because they haven't got these rules in place. So it's in preview right now and most of these products are going to be GA probably later this quarter, March, April side. Uh, speaking about GA, so we spoke about, I think it was PowerApps and Flow that GA'd in October, November last year? Yeah. Teams. Yes. There's no mention of, Teams was launched, but there's no mention about when it's going to be globally available because I think it's just available. <laughs> so it's not like it went preview.teams.com or beta.teams.com like with PowerApps and Flow. It just went teams.microsoft.com. So it's not like it's in a beta or in preview. It's I'm sure they available. Had, I'm sure they had preview programs. Before, no, dude, before I, I, not the way they did with Power Apps and Flow, mate. Not yeah, even for it, it wasn't. It wasn't as wide a net. It wasn't a public preview, I, I suppose. But they it's must. Like they must have been running meeting. this for ages. No, oh. For sure, um, but if you weren't part of the the TAP program or part of the Partner Advisory Council um, for Microsoft, I don't think anyone uh, got exposed to Teams. I mean, that was just boom. Look at this. It's amazing they got it so solid without without a super-wide test pool. Well, it's well, if you copy-paste what Slack was doing, it's fairly straightforward. <laughs> You've got to test all that interaction, dude. No, that, for that, sure. That and doesn't it, just happen by itself. But look, they spent a lot of time building the, the service bus, which is Office Graph, for this sort of stuff. And also, if you look at the... I always get confused between the two. So there's an Office API and an Office Graph API. Two distinctly different products. And it provides you with a richness of being able to build an app and house that app inside of something like Teams. So that's quite cool. Super cool. Um, and then there are some products dying as well. Yes, apparently support for Office 2007 has ceased. It's, it's going, it's going. And by October 2017, it no longer exists to Microsoft. That's fair enough. So if anyone's deployed Office 2016 on pre, uh, Exchange 2016 on-prem, it will not, it refuses, it doesn't support Office 2007. And then Exchange Online will stop functioning, it will stop supporting connections for Office 2007 in October of this year. Much like the same time that Moss dies as well, <laughs> from a support perspective. Which is perfectly fine in my book. It's time to move on, really. Uh, just talking to the audience that, do we have a dev audience modeling? I don't know. I would be a little shocked if we do. If you are a heavy dev out there and you listen to us, please do let us know. I would assume not. I'd love to get the dev on, show, on the show though to talk to us. Yes, uh, like a, a, a proper a proper SharePoint dev. 
you know, all the intricacies yeah. about yes. where, where it all goes framework. wrong using, yeah, and SharePoint framework specifically. Because it's very confusing. I mean, I understand what the SharePoint framework is, but when you start talking about patterns and practices um, for SharePoint, I, I did a post to LinkedIn out and people saying they don't understand what it is. Speaking of patterns and practices, it's probably the definitive authority around all things um, dev for SharePoint. So if you head over to dev.office.com slash blogs, you'll be able to find the PNP blog, and they've just released a February update, and it's 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 a gem of information. And and Visa, who is a, uh, one of the engineering team managers for Microsoft, is just a legend when it comes to all of this. And what you'll also find on that page is the companies that they've engaged with to help build. Uh, all the stuff around uh, patterns and practices for SharePoint. So it's not just limited to Microsoft. you got my favorite company in the whole wide world, Rencore, um, spearheading that. A big shout-out to them for helping devs understand what devs are when it comes to the SharePoint framework and PNP stuff. So uh, I really, really think it's a wealth of information. And any dev out there that wants to go down the rabbit hole and go sniff around the, the underbelly that is the SharePoint framework, Please go ahead to the PNP blog posts on dev.office.com and grab that. That is a nice resource for everybody. Microsoft have been very good recently about providing resources for everybody in the in the industry to take advantage of. They're doing a much better job of getting that internal knowledge exposed to all of us. Only over the last three years, right? Satya has been pushing hard. It's good. Like that's where. I think that's where the majority of their uh, expertise lies is in is in knowing all this stuff and these interactions and it, it's only good for them to get it to all of us who are actually doing the work rather than building the products yeah. um, so that we can pass it on to the clients and we get this the, the whole flow of information going is the yeah. way to do it. No, I think they've taken a new approach. I chatted. When did I chat? I chatted to to Jeff Tipper in Paris. And I think I've, I've mentioned this before, but uh, he really is driving, he's made SharePoint cool again. SharePoint has always been cool. And with that drive, yeah, he's been pushing his uh, product engineers, uh, the engineering team, to also share the information because they know so much about the bit that they built. I mean, they built it. And it's great to get that sort of interaction coming through. And also what Microsoft's doing around the tech community, providing a central place for all the information around and what the goings-on are when it comes to community evangelism and also what the program managers are doing, the community managers, the product managers are doing with the technology. So that's one-stop shop, go in there. Please go have a look at um, techcommunity.microsoft.com. It's a wealth of information outside of the traditional way of reading TechNet or MSDN article. Very, very cool. You've also got another resource here in the show notes. Yes, um, Microsoft is just head over to blogs.office.com. That's all you need to do. There's a wealth of information there. And th the other thing that they launched this week was uh, free training webinars. So there's a bunch of uh, live free live demos with questions and answers that you can consume. Also, added to that, there's a new Office 365 training roadmap. So you can track your knowledge and skills. It's awesome. They've got a bunch of clickable links inside of PDFs for Office 365, as well as Office products like Excel, Outlook, Word, Access, and PowerPoint. So you literally download the PDF. The PDF opens, it gives you a learning path. 
Then you click on the path that you want to go on, and there's clickable links inside that will take you to live videos, um, questions and uh, Q&A sessions. Um, you can rate your skills, so there'll, there'll be a little questionnaire there, and you can check how well you're skilled up so that you can actually know, well, are you ready to go write an Office 365 exam? Um, do you have the right skills when it comes to Excel, PowerPoint, Word, and Access, and those sort of things? I see Access is still alive. It's not dying like Lotus Notes is. But yeah, it's still there. And yes, like you said, there's churning out so much channels. Um, we just need to figure out how to filter um, all this information. And then just localizing what's happening in the industry. Um, we've got an Azure Academy that's happening it's a Microsoft Run event that happens from the 14th to the 17th of March at Microsoft in Joburg. Just Google Azure Academy, the easiest way to find the link. Who, who is that um, specifically for? Is that for a heavy dev crowd, um, business users? Are they doing a... It's not business. It's not business. It's more like an airlift. So come in, come see what's new for Azure. Uh, come have a look at what we're doing. It's more for the IT pro t hardcore techie hacks. So come see how we spin up virtual machines. Come look at the endpoints. Um, let's talk about storage. Let's talk about cost points inside of Azure. Let's have a look at what Azure Machine Learning is doing. Let's look at Azure AI. Let's look at everything Azure. So, And there's obviously the dev side of things as well. So it's more IT Pro dev than anything else. Cool. Uh, I wouldn't recommend a business user go there. So that's happening in Joburg. And then we are doing an Azure Bootcamp one-day community run event on the 22nd of April at the River Club in Cape Town. The site goes live middle of middle of March. So you'll be able to check out all the speakers. Apparently, I've, I've been told that there'll be a lot around uh, blockchain um, coming out of the Azure Bootcamp. Cool. So if you want to jump on a plane, come down. Uh, there's some international speakers. I'll be doing a session on stretch farms as well. Um, for the Azure Bootcamp in Cape Town, and there'll be a lot of cool SQL stuff as well. And I'd like to, I, I'd like to introduce a new segment, Modlin. Cool, Marie. Uh, I know you hate segments because we always talk about it, and then uh, you need to put some ticker tape music behind it. But I, I'd no, like to start I'm, like, I am, I am perfectly happy with segments. You can't just say, "Oh, we've got a new weekly segment," and then do it once every six months. <laughs> so I want to talk about the segment. Will be new product of the week. Cool. So the idea behind the segment is we always stumble upon new products being not only released by Microsoft, but third-party products. And someone mentioned it, and we always identify with it. And I'd like to introduce that as a segment. So is that okay with you, Modwin? Sounds good to me, Al. What do you have for uh, us you've this got, time? You, yeah, you've got your PowerShell thing of the week. I want to introduce a new find of the week. You've got so to cut in here. <laughs> also got to get some airtime, mate. Cool, so, so, so this week, I'd like to talk about a product called Datapolis. I don't know how to pronounce it. It reads Datapolis. It could be Datopolis. Uh, I, I don't know. So Datapolis is a process management suite for SharePoint. Um, it's been around. They've been around as a company since 2001. So, so they do have some depth of knowledge in the product. Um, a friend of mine tweeted about it. And I was like, okay, this looks cool. I mean, everyone's trying to move into the space. I think Nintech still owns it um, with K2 coming in uh, um, a close second. And then we have the, the smaller contenders like uh, there's some uh, stuff. I actually did a session about it in Paris on on forms when it comes to those sort of things. So the heavyweights like K2 and Nintech. And then there's like SP Form and all of those other guys. And these guys are, are jumping in on the bandwagon around their process management suite now. Don't quote me on this. I haven't done too much in, um, investigations in it. But they do have a process management suite for 
for SharePoint, very much like the local guys uh, from Flowcentric has it, and then X Content also has a, a process management suite for SharePoint. So definitely have a look at, at what's going on there, and, and I hope you, you, you find it entertaining and um, insightful. It's always nice to see how the different people approach these things, even if it's a need that's already been filled by other companies. There's often little corner cases where um, these lesser known solutions can can provide a better fit than something that's more general. Yeah, it's interesting to note how, how well um, guys can actually stay hidden <laughs> because we don't know about them. Yeah, the internet is a big place. But uh, I'm glad you're picking this up, Al. If we can start bringing these in, that'll broaden our horizons a bit, which is always a good thing. Yeah, we can do product reviews uh, when we um, actually launch blogs.twoguysinsharepoint.co.za. Cool. So then our last segment for the episode is the PowerShell commandlet of the week. Do, do, do. And our PowerShell commandlet this week is get-spscaleoutdatabase. Ooh. Yeah, so in SharePoint, one of the nice things about SharePoint is it's scalable. And I've noticed at a lot of implementations, this typically doesn't happen. And you end up with a single content database that is terabytes in size. Uh, this is, yeah. This is not best practice. What we're supposed to be doing is, is, is scaling out the databases. And you can do that. There's a bunch of different ways. The specific one is uh, SharePoint 2013 and Enterprise. I think it also works in 2016. Um, and what it'll do, uh, you've got the get-spscaleout database and you give it a service application and it will it will tell you, it'll give you a list of all the database objects, the scale-out database objects that have been created for that service application. So you can you can manage them and keep an eye on them and make sure everything's going well. So, so does that uh, command literally to scale the database? So can you like chop the database and say, well, split it into three? The, the get won't do that. Okay, you can, all right, there, sure. there are further <laughs> ones, yes. Um, okay, if right. you're dealing with the databases, though, you need to pull a list of them, and, and this will do that. Okay, I gotcha, gotcha. But how long do you think that's going to be around? Because I mean, once we're in Office 365, the yeah, they, they handle all that for you, so it's less of a worry. Okay, is, is that a wrap, Mr. Modlin? That is a wrap, L. Thank you for joining us. Thank all of thank all of you listeners for joining us. If you want to find us online, you can find us. You can find our website twoguysinsharepoint.co.za. You can find us on Twitter at twoguyssharepoint. I'm at oddmodlin on Twitter, and I'm at Alistair Pugin. And you guys can also find us on iTunes if you search for Two Guys in SharePoint. If you are listening to us... Well, someone's found us on iTunes. Quite a few people, man. <laughs> I do appreciate everybody's listening through iTunes. And if you are enjoying it, please just pop in there and give us a review. That helps us a lot. All right. And that's a wrap. That's just a wrap. Cheers, Mr. Modlin. Thank you, Al. We'll see you next time. Okay. Ciao. That's what the script says. You're just trying to... What script? You're just the show trying, notes. Did you read the show notes? No, I didn't read your exactly. show notes. Exactly. Thank you. You just want to blooper at the end of this episode. Of course I did. It wasn't like the end of the last episode. But...